1: Spiritual Midwife and Transformational Guide. So I have a very special episode for you today. Rather than a one-on-one interview, we're going to do a virtual roundtable discussion with two wise soul sisters on a topic that's vitally important, releasing our martyr. So I'm delighted to welcome my dear friends and soul sisters, Maria Rodriguez and Sasha Padron, welcome, ladies. Hello. Thank you, Joni. <laughs> so delighted to have you. So I'm going to share a little bit with our listeners about each of you and how we arrived at this form and this topic. Great. Right. So mm-hmm. Maria is a clinical social worker and a spiritual evolutionary teacher, and she is dedicated to unleashing the power of grace in the world through Core de Grace and her school of wisdom, leadership, and social change. She's here to challenge standard thinking, broaden and deepen perspectives, inspire and encourage guided action, and create change within us between us and around us in other words she's here to choose to evolve and in turn help the world evolve through the wisdom and the heart of grace Mm. so let's Mm. breathe that in a moment Mm. and sasha is a doula mentor she is a birth worker a yoga instructor a trainer and community weaver with a mission to weave love and inspiration back into the social fabric of our birthing and parenting culture. She's here to help all those she works with awaken to their inner resilience and power and to connect with the higher possibilities of what the path into parenthood has to offer us as social emotional and spiritual beings. She is committed to exploring pathways that help us aim for the highest and greatest expression of our human potentials. Mm. Mm. So I I just wanna just want to name that the three of us, Sasha, Maria and I, meet weekly as part of an ongoing supportive circle called the Queens of Radiance. And we came to meet each other in a group business mentoring program called Radiance that was created by Shiloh Sophia McLeod and Amy Ehlers, our, our wonderful mentors. And once the program ended The three of us with three other sisters have been coming together weekly to support each other with our work. And I just want to name that because I think it is so important for us as women to have our circles and to have those women in our life that inspire us, that hold us accountable, that champion our success And that have our back and that is what we have together in the queens of radiance in regard to both our personal lives and our business lives and i'm i'm deeply grateful for that and week after week come out with so much wisdom and feeling so empowered by our time together so within the context of that kind of circle it's not unusual for new insights or wisdom to emerge. And it was within the context of our time together that the three of us were engaged in a conversation about this idea of releasing the martyr. And I'm not sure where it started or who even coined the term first, but we just kept building on the facets and the pieces of this truth that seem to be emerging and we recognize that we in our smaller microcosm are a we we are uh, a smaller representation of what's happening in the collective we felt like it was so important to bring this topic up and to speak with speak about it in a more public way so I'm gonna pause for now and invite Maria and Sasha to jump into the conversation and say, here's what each of us knows about releasing the martyr and why it's so important. So I'm I'm actually gonna start with you, Maria, because I know you've been you have been uh chewing on this and working this and you have had lots coming up around this topic. So what what would you like to start us off with?
2: Well, thank you for having me here. First of all, I am honored and delighted. In our radiant circle, um, what I was thinking about is is how much the center of our circle uh, deepens our connection to Source and to ourselves, and through that to each other. Mm. And so it's like almost like a creative hotspot. Um, mm. Yeah, yes. as well. And and so I'm just um, so grateful. For me, the releasing the martyr syndrome is how it came through year, several years ago around this idea that we share evolutionary challenges as a gender, according mm. to gender. So um, women have evolved up to a certain level and this there were there was a whole list of, of things, but the releasing the martyr syndrome is the one that got activated in our circle uh, recently as well. And it's through releasing the martyr syndrome that we break through that ceiling of our collective shared evolution as women. It doesn't mean that men don't um, some men don't have this as a personal challenge, but it's different when it's a collective challenge. It's harder to break then when it's just a, a personal one we know how hard those can be um, so it yes. when it's a collective one and so let me just pause there cuz there's so much more to say but i would love to hear from sasha as well as kind of an opening and maybe we can go around that way sure mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, and I also want to just begin by sharing my gratitude for this (laughs) wonderful circle and um, and having the opportunity to actually be having this particular conversation in public this way. Joni, thank you so much. Mm. And um, I'm remembering that... I think actually this conversation had begun in a circle that I wasn't able to attend, and then I arrived the next week, and it had clearly been percolating through our circle. Because as I was sharing was what I was going through, Maria just tuned right into it and and brought this idea of of the martyr syndrome to the conversation. My I just went, oh, this big Mm. aha came over me. And um, I I realized, Joni, even while you were introducing us, how for me to have said that I needed and wanted a circle like this, a circle in which... I was meeting regularly with a group of incredibly wonderful women that was just about supporting me where I was, that that in itself, just thinking about how long it has taken me as an adult woman to to make that happen for myself, to feel like I could do that, and just seeing how that in itself Mm. is pushing you know, this collective martyr syndrome that we're in. I don't know if you're all relating to that, but I, you know, I, I could, I just as you were introducing us, I went, oh my goodness, like that's, again, how potentially it shows up for me that I have worked for so, so many years really um, supporting others and holding space for others and, and, you know, doing this work in my community and um, leaving myself out of the picture, you know, just sort of going forward.
1: Yes, I, I don't think you're alone there. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, certainly has has been the case for me as well. And I, I'm not sure about you, Maria, but absolutely yes, yes. Hmm. Hmm
0: yeah and i'll I'll just add um i I'm just thinking it might be useful you know, just to add how, in particular, in that circle, where the martyr syndrome conversation began for me was in just sharing um where I was in my relationship and realizing how i was you know how I was taking on. A martyr role without even realizing it. So I just find this is such an important conversation to have. I'm so glad we're doing it.
1: Yes. So I guess I would put out to each of you because um, I'm thinking in, there's there's an interesting fine line between victim and martyr. Um, that that I'm aware of and and that I know sometimes I've I've found myself (laughs) walking Mm -hmm. on either side of that. (laughs) Um, And I believe it was Maria that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you made a statement, something like, in order for us to move, well, I, I know in a conversation that we had, you said something to the effect of, like going back to the Dalai Lama statement that um, the women of the Western world would save the world, that's a a paraphrase, Um, that in order for us to reach the level of, I would say, empowerment or impact or capacity or facility, to be change agents in our lives, in the world, in our families, that the next step for us is releasing those places where we might be in the martyr. Is that, is, am I remembering that correctly?
2: Maria? Yes. Yes. Like, it, like we cannot fulfill our role and our responsibility without releasing the martyr because of the amount of energy it drains the amount of power that it pollutes, how it pollutes our power and our um, emotions, how it affects our physical health, our relationships. I mean, it really affects on so many levels. And so there's this, this feeling that I have whenever I think about it, that it's really almost like, I don't mean to be dramatic, but like a, <laughs> <laughs> for me personally, you know, like I could feel how much my physical health is impacted by as especially as my awareness of how darn prevalent this is like oh my gosh like I'm seeing it everywhere now you know like there's my martyr and there's things I never associated because I almost had a a sense of like martyr as the Saturday Night Live persona you know like one of those kind of and so I I wasn't aware of how what the martyr really means and how prevalent how it shows up in so many ways like what Sasha you were saying that's one of the the ways that I've been breaking um, or releasing breaking the hold of the martyr on me is with my husband and how we um, address parenting responsibilities for example like that's like a a a big one and so um, I can go into that a little bit more later but it's it cre- the amount of stress and weight that I felt when I was in the martyr syndrome, mm. compared to how supported I feel, it doesn't make the situation at hand, um, you know, less real and less, you know, relevant. But it, the, the, my experience with the situation, with the challenge before me, is completely different. It's one of being more grounded and supported and, and, and more balanced than. The, the way that I experience it when my martyr's in charge and those habits, because a lot of them are ingrained lifetime habits.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And what I would add is, because I keep going back to this distinction between the victim and the martyr, it keeps coming up. So I'm, I'm just going to speak to it. And my sense is that, you know, when we're when we're in our victim, we are feeling like it's being done to us. But when we are in our martyr, we there's a way in which we are actively participating and choosing to mm-hmm. to um, you know to to give of ourselves in ways that are not in alignment or supportive with what we most need or to sacrifice our own resources in a way that we are uh, drawing from the reserves or drawing from the capital, so to speak, as, a, as opposed to the overflow. Does, is that clear? Yes. Because I, I think it's really important to to articulate, so what, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean to be in our martyr and how does it show up? And I I appreciate you, Maria, speaking to, you know, the specifics of in your, in your relationship. And I I know certainly for me, it shows up most often in my family relationships as well with my husband and my daughter. Um, How about you, Sasha? What's Mm -hmm. Hmm. I would agree absolutely. At least that's
0: where it's clearest to me that it shows up for sure. For sure. And I, yeah, I really appreciate the distinction that you're making there because exactly I feel like I want to add because I'm realizing it. It's also the ways in which we create the expectations among the people that we live with and care about to expect us to play that role, to expect us to be the martyr. We're mm, as uh-huh. to being in the place of the victim, where we're feeling like this is being done to us. The, the way it sort of feels in my body as the martyr is the way that we're, we are setting things up to get depleted and we're, and we're laying down the expectations for those around us to, for us to play the martyr as well.
1: Yes. And I think we can sometimes feel victimized and not even fully recognize that we are living in that martyr state.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which, which is what I appreciate so much about... Maria's, you know, bringing forward how, how ultimately this is such a collective phenomenon. And of course, my, you know, my brain just travels through <laughs> our cultural context and back through time, just feeling into where that syndrome was born and how it was born and how it's infiltrated and become so internalized. Mm.
1: Yes. And I, I guess I want to ask you, Sasha, because you work with, you work around birth and with parenting and with families kind of on the front lines. I'm imagining that you see even, you know, at those early points of imprinting, how that can be um, set up in terms of us you know kind of give giving over in ways that aren't supportive or useful
0: oh absolutely absolutely and going right back to to even pre having baby in our arms you know if you're referring to mothering and you mm-hmm. know just even way the way that we are giving birth to our babies. Yes. Right? There's a way in which that martyr syndrome is just so laid into the fabric of the way we are giving birth to our babies. Sort of even, you know, in the most dramatic sense, the image of of woman lying back. I, I have to say that, I've been I've been reading this book on the history of maternity practices in America and and the history of childbirth and it's called Reclaiming Childbirth and it really takes you back to like back into the late 1800s and it's it's a fascinating walk through various practices that were laid down and just that just realizing once again, just how the whole idea, you know, the whole image of women just giving their bodies over, like when you read when you read about the obstetrical practices and what what women began to do in order to have their babies, it was so it was <laughs> incredible incredible just how much they gave up you know from from any amount of power of their own internal power to just laying you know laying down on a table being put to sleep using forceps and i i realize you know i just want to be mindful and careful as i'm i'm talking about all these images but but there's a there's an uncanny relationship there to 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 this image of the martyr, of the woman just giving of her flesh and of her body and handing over her power completely to have a baby, mm. and and then it beginning from there, right? And oh, there's so much around all of this. Um,
1: yes, so um, I guess I am. I, I guess I am questioning the questions I have. For us to speak to is okay so as a collective what are we you know what are we getting out of this um how did we get here is this like is the martyr some version of the good girl but feeling more empowered like i'm the one that's doing it um I, I, I'm just putting it out there. I, I don't have the answer. <laughs> These are just my theories. So,
2: well, it's funny because in my world, um, it first appeared as the good guy face. Ah, the good guy syndrome applying to both men and women. Uh huh. Um, and so, I think you know, my sense is that there's something about that. Can
1: actually, can you speak up just a bit or sure. ad- adjust Mike? Yeah,
2: for sure, sure. Is that better? Okay.
1: Yes. Perfect.
2: Yes. Yeah. So th- that good guy face, whatever that means to us, and however we felt safe, like for me, I was, I, that part of my survival in my family was being the favored child, hmm. you know, the one that was the most understanding or the sweetest or that kind of thing, and so it's hard to give that up when it's something that we associate with our survival. And and although we have, I believe, some personal roots of the 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 ways that the martyr shows up specifically for us, my sense is it's also like a a habit, like we breathe it through the air, you know, it's mm-hmm. like we breathe or something, you know. So one of the the ways that I've been releasing the martyr um, very. Recently, has been through um, no longer suffering unnecessary physical pain, hmm. and it's not something. Again, I thought the martyr was that kind of persona that gets off on being a martyr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. look at me! I have so much to you know suffer through. Like like how we that characterization, and and so when I release that persona. Belief. I'm seeing it as I said earlier, everywhere. And one of them is just suffering unnecessary physical pain, and I'm not even conscious that I'm am choosing that, choosing to do so. I automatically, somewhere along the way, um, learned how to how to accommodate physical pain, so that I thought, okay, I just have to um, tolerate this. And so, for example, I had a fall five years ago on my right shoulder. And it never occurred to me to share it with my doctor that anything could be done to really alleviated and I have a new doctor and just happened to mention it. And she says, well, haven't you tried physical therapy? <laughs> That's really a, <laughs> uh, an unusual idea. And I said, no, can physical therapy help? And And so it's been like <laughs> that I've done this, that I, I, I don't, um, you know, I haven't, w- wherever it comes from, you know, from my own personal history or the collective or both, that I don't have to suffer unnecessary pain, and I don't think it's just physical. I think we do it even financially, you know. In addition to, of course, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, mm-hmm. and all of that is is or take unnecessary risks. And so, I'm not sure all of the the whys, but the, the beauty is that we can begin releasing it even without understanding it fully. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, step at a time and one piece at a time, and all the different ways that it that it's coming to our awareness
1: yes mm-hmm. and i i guess the piece that feels really important to me and and this may just be my perspective is you know is that it that this feels like an invitation that this is not a you know that there isn't there isn't judgment associated with Uh, I just want to be clear that there's not judgment associated with having adopted this layer or this strategy. I I think as a gender, we have come by this honestly, uh, so to speak. And each of us in our individual lives, just as you were sharing Maria about those early, early patterns, you know, we, we all come by this honestly. And, at various points in time, it, it's time to let go of the next layer. It's time to, to let go of the next place where we are living in illusion or not the truth. And and us walking through our lives as martyrs is is not the truth. That's that's not um, that's not being the sovereign queen, so to speak. It's not being. Uh, the most resourced and empowered person in your your own life. And so I just want to be clear about that with you, our dear listeners, that as we're talking Mm -hmm. about this, you know, that it is, it's like an invitation. It's like this, now is your time. You can, you can let go of those places. You don't have to live as the martyr any longer. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm with you, sister. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And I wanna. Yeah, it's like I, 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 in a way, I feel like I wanna call each of us just to to commit to finding a way in our lives. Because for me personally, I know that I am so accustomed to whether it's giving, you know, giving the best or the finest to my husband and my daughter, and then, you know, taking what's left for me, Mm -hmm. um, or put, you know, putting their needs or desires first, like for many years, I I did that, and and then squeezing mine in, in there. And, and I, I, I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. And I, I don't want to do that anymore. And it's not supportive or serving for them to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what, I, yeah, that's what I yeah, that's what I Thank you. That's what I have to say <laughs> about that. So how mm-hmm. about how about each of you? What what's on what comes to mind or what's in your heart, what's present.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I could speak, you know, just there's a couple things that are coming up. I want to speak to that for sure, but I do find it so helpful to just keep reflecting on how the different ways in which this shows up. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, for our listeners, that just feels really helpful because I think for me it, as well, like it just feels like such an awakening, like the, that there is a part and I appreciate so much, Joni. Just that reminder that this is not a judgment because it really does feel like it 's just kind of woven woven into the fabric of our beings and and we just wake up to it at certain moments, like whoa i didn 't realize and And the example that I want to add to yours is like still feeling how um, I have you know made this commitment to myself to really. Stop putting the needs of everybody here in my home front and center and to to reflect on what it is, you know, what's inside of me that I'm needing and what is it that I want to bring forward and just noticing how, especially the first time I started doing that, just how incredibly tricky that was and how that in itself is just such a reflection of this syndrome, you know, that... We tend to be in this place of martyrdom and and giving so much to our families. Like I certainly know that um, for me to to have initially paused and gone whoa, look at what I'm doing, and then look in and go, okay, what is what is it? If I was to take care of my needs, what would I take care of? And just what a huge gap there was for me when I, you know, it's like there was no answer. It was like a muscle that just hadn't been been worked, stretched. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Mm that's i would say that's a place of for me that's a big one is really noticing when i'm putting so much attention on my husband and what's happening there and what he's doing and not doing and and just feeling how i just begin to abandon myself in in the exchange of relating to him <laughs> and committing to turning way more of that attention towards myself and then relating to him from there.
1: Yes. Yes, I interviewed, one of my very first interviews was with Mary McDonald, uh, who was a mentor of mine, and she always speaks about giving in our lives – if you're to look at a, a teacup in a saucer, like giving from what is in the saucer, like giving to those in our families, in our in our work life, from the overflow, and and never from what's in the teacup, and the, that is a, a a simple idea, but in practice, it is um, it's nuanced, it's complicated, it's. It's
2: not always
1: easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. What's
2: coming up for me um, as I listen, Sasha and Joni, to what you were speaking to is about the emphasis recently on becoming embodied. Mm. And so I, my new year's motto was embodied presence and sacred rhythm and a new program that I'm developing is called Elm, Embodied in Love for Me. And so one of the deficiencies that I've had also, Sasha, as you were talking, is being embodied. And so when I'm 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 more focused on what's happening outside of me, I'm not embodied in me. I'm not embodied in me, I'm not aware of what I'm feeling and needing. And one of the practices um, came for me in Spanish, which was my original language um, as a child. And I believe it's connecting to that child part is mija que sientes que necesitas, which means, you know, my daughter, little one, precious one, what are you feeling? What are you needing? Mm. And I was stunned at how, in certain situations, and the most important ones, are the, were the ones that I was least aware. And just like what you said, Sasha, abandoning myself and the most vulnerable, you know, youngest parts of me, the ones that need me the most, right? Mm-hmm. And so there, there's there been such an emphasis on kind of parallel to the releasing the martyr syndrome has been becoming embodied in mm. love and in all of what that means and all the different ways that that's showing up.
1: Mm. Mm-mm. I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up, Maria. My my whole body relaxed as you said that, <laughs> and and just yes, yeah, just that idea of when we are in someone else's business, someone else's field, more focused on their needs, and and we have left ourselves. I oh that yeah that is a biggie. I I know for me personally, just that coming back to myself has been a lifelong journey. And so much of my experience this year uh, around my father's death was seeing the ways in which, you know, as a very young girl that I was trained to take care of daddy and just with his, his dying and the, that has enabled me to make this shift to really come back to myself and to see all the ways that that had set the patterning up for my life. And just to be in your own skin, in your own field, like your own energy Mm -hmm. field, in your own body.
2: (laughs) What a novel idea. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Did you have something, Sasha? <laughs> <show? laughs> well, it's
0: like what I'm wanting to add is and to feel good and comfortable there.
1: Yes. <laughs> to feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's interesting because I, I know Maria, you were speaking about the coming back to your body this year and and each year I choose a word for myself. And for me this year, it was sumptuous as the two of you know, and, mm. and it, it really in a way was a similar intention of coming back to my sensual body. And mm-hmm. of course, supporting, uh, I have women that are in a program with me as well, walking through how do we live sumptuously in our lives and in our bodies and and it seems to me, Sasha, the work that you do is all about how do we get comfortable in our bodies.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that yeah. early that early matrix of, you know, mama, baby bonding and, and how that sets it all up.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely how do we get comfortable with it and how do we listen to it and move from it and be informed by it Mm -hmm. and, and trust it. And, oh yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how there's, there's such an incredible, (laughs) there's such an incredible landscape within us that I'm going to venture to say that this martyr syndrome has disconnected us from, Mm. and just how rich it is. Like when you, you know, just listening to you, Joni, and realizing, yeah, it's like creating that connection again and coming back into ourselves and feeling the comfort there. And then how, how the well is, is infinite in terms of what we can connect with Mm. our power, the sumptuousness, the sensuality, the love, the love, you know, how we're just so hardwired to, to connect and to love. And, and you know, we know now that that's all the chemistry that's happening when we're birthing our babies. And there's just so much happening in our bodies, physiologically, biologically, that is resonating on this emotional, social, psychological level. To receive our babies and adore them and love them and bond with them and connect with them, and they too are their little bodies are just vibrating with mm. so much hormonal action and chemistry and and partners as well, like anybody close to a birth or involved in a birth when it's in a setting, when it's in an environment that really supports all of these things, the sort of physiological process, everybody is attuned and vibrating to what our bodies are <laughs> encoded to, feel, to mm-hmm. feel. And it all comes down to connection and love mm-hmm. and just how that brings, it gives us so much information to raise this little being, who's so new and unique, mm. So, mm. Mm. Yeah, there's mm. so much to to gain <laughs> from exploring this topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> uh, so I'm thinking we should just take a few more minutes before we wrap this up. Um, so I'm going to suggest that we each just say what you know what's what's true in the moment for us uh, as as we are in this point in the conversation where we are with this subject like what
0: mm-hmm.
1: what wants to come through each of you i know sasha you just shared but maria like what what mm-hmm. do you want to huh,
2: well.
1: what do you want to pass on to those women that are listening today
2: hmm. well what was coming up for me was to add another example that's in a whole other area, Mm -hmm. really um, having the sense, I think Sasha, you may have said this earlier, that the more that we recognize the many different ways and areas that the martyr may be showing up, the more that we can begin to release it. And so the way that another way that recently happened is that I began Um, realizing that when we don't use adequate care and caution, Mm. that's the martyr. Mm. Again, it puts us in unnecessary risk. And for me, Mm. came up around a new consent form for my counseling practice uh, that I had not had, even though um, I've been doing additional offerings. That's what it was about for so many years now, like over a decade I've never had a specific consent form. It never had occurred to me. I didn't have anybody who's mentoring me in this shift I've been making. And so there was something about that guidance that came in uh, about having that kind of protection for my clients and protection for me. And all the many ways that we may not be taking enough care and caution because we don't want to offend people, because we want to trust people, Mm -hmm. whatever, like you were saying, Joni, who knows all the personal reasons and the kind of socialized Uh collective reasons that we have for doing that. But that's an area that we can really become empowered and and, um, take more care and caution in whatever ways that we haven't been doing so.
1: Uh. Yes, I actually just this morning, Mm -hmm. my husband and I were meeting with a a new potential financial advisor.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: boy, oh, boy, (laughs) that's that's an area where, for example, just do, you know, doing your due diligence Mm -hmm. is a way of um, safeguarding or, or, or really, it's, you know, it's that place of like looking out for our own interests isn't necessarily a selfish act. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a self-preserving act. And I, I, I think what I want to say kind of in, in my final piece, it's 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 like what I heard from what you said, Sasha, is that mm. like our matrix, our imprint, our, you know, our biological imprint is set up for love connection and i'm gonna say uh juicy contentment pleasure in the body and anything that takes us away from that i.e living in the martyr is is like the mutation it's it's the distortion
2: Mm.
1: and then when i hear you maria talking about this idea of of protection or risk it is that it's like that self-preservation it's like the the idea that we get to preserve that you know that divine matrix we'll say we get to preserve that that basic essence of this is this is how if we can unfold and grow in the ways we're meant to this is how it would be without interruption and of course we live in a world where there's lots of interruption and, and injury and harm and wounds and et cetera that come in, but like that we have a right to self-preservation and to protect yeah. ourselves in these very important ways. And that for me, that's yeah. part of what the releasing the martyr is about. Um, so that. <laughs> wow. I love um, just because I love converting
2: thing, things into practical tools <laughs> and strategies Yes. And I wrote a, a newsletter on this yesterday, and I made a list of all the different ways. Like, you know, here's how the martyr may be showing up for you as well. Like when we go along with things, when we don't speak up for what, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But now when you said, I have the right, that's the antidote. Isn't yes. That? Have the yes. to not just go along with things, right? I have the right to not suffer unnecessary pain. I have the right to speak up for what I think, I feel, I want, I need, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you because that just really hit me.
1: Mm. Mm, You're welcome. And and that's what I love about like when we come together as women, this is what happens. It's like the synergy and the wisdom that, you know, I couldn't have gotten there without what each of you had shared. So I just love how that happens. All right. That's all. So Sasha, is there anything you want to add? Um, I'll just say
0: what's coming up because yes, that same thing is happening as just little fireworks going off as both of you are speaking. And, and what came up was the word value, you know, something about Mm. us really. So there's the peace, around ten, you know taking care of doing what we need to to take care of this matrix
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and and also um valuing this matrix like and valuing our voice what it is that's actually that our body is feeling deeply because again, like in contrast to how this tends to show up, you know, for myself of like feeling really uncomfortable about something, but not actually speaking and and just <laughs> riding on top of all that discomfort to meet the needs of the person that's making me really uncomfortable. Mm. Mm-hmm. So as one example, you know, the other example is of of giving of myself without being Without there being an exchange, without being compensated, like feeling like that's okay somehow, or or even that, you know, and and I should say these things as they are things that are in the past because I have you know, <laughs> the, the ways in which this used to show up. So, so just you know, really valuing our own knowing and our own voice to speak our truth. Mm. Also, valuing our gifts and what we have to offer, and and you know that there is there is abundance here. You know that that we don't need to sacrifice ourselves, mm. our well being. You know our financial well being, our abun- You know what 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 keeps us thriving and growing.
1: Yes, which takes us back to. I, I think both of you have mentioned in your own unique ways that, that, that we are an outpicturing of this deeper source or that we have access to this deeper resource uh, that is unlimited and abundant. And it's the place where uh, the spiritual or the, the mystical kind of infuses our, our physical experience. Mm-hmm here in our Mm -hmm. relational experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what a delight to be with both of you and to try this new adventure out (laughs) together yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i want to say thank you to each of you
0: thank you joni
1: yes and i do want to share uh for those that are listening, if they wanted to check out your individual work, I, I will include your website in the show notes, but I will also um, say what they are here, which for Sasha Padrone, hers is the Center for Growing Families.ca, and that's center spelled C E N T R E. And for Maria, it's coredegrace.com. And that's core as in the French version of heart, C O U R, and then D E, grace. So, wow. (laughs) Amazing things that you're doing here, Joni. Thank
2: you.
1: Say that. Can you say that one more time?
2: Sure. It's an amazing thing that you're doing here with this podcast, and I'm just honored um, to be a part of it and just sending blessings to you and to all of the
1: listeners Mm -hmm. who are receiving and Mm -hmm. and blessing you. Thank you. I, Mm -hmm. I deeply appreciate
0: that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this, Joni.
1: You're very welcome. And thank you again to each of you. And I just want to say to my listeners, like, aren't these women just amazing? (laughs) Like when we come together every week, I think, how can I share the wisdom of these women with the people that listen to my Mm show? Am I right? Or am I right? I mean, aren't (laughs) they brilliant? (laughs) So I want to thank you, my dear listener, for being with us today on this fun new adventure. And as always, to remind you to trust what your heart knows.
0: Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes.